up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is this is Pro Wrestling. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. This is the Fast Count. If you're not already familiar with what that means, well, let me welcome you to the Fast Count, first of all. And second of all, this is basically the idea is, is that we all have a lot going on right now, and we don't have time to watch everything that's just the way the world works. So this is just a little side project I'm trying to do as a service that maybe it helps people out to stay in the conversation at least and see what all of the other promotions are doing. That's the idea. That's all it is. So what I do, well, what I've been doing is I've been doing like Monday Night Raw mostly, but now I've decided, let's see if we can expand this thing out. Let's see if we can cover a lot of different things. And so what I'm gonna try to do here is cover everything from December the 28th, which was Monday. Actually, I'm gonna go back to Sunday because I'm gonna cover championship wrestling from Hollywood if that's cool with you guys as well. But from Sunday and Monday, this is basically the December 28th edition of the fast count if you like what you hear please let me know it's at this is gary horn on all the social medias or at tipw show if you'd rather see a video version of this or something let me know that too i'm gonna pop the audio onto the youtube channel but you know there's always room for video too so let me know what you think and if you think i'm doing anything bad anything good what, what what's the stuff you like if does this work for you anyway i'm not gonna ramble anymore you're here to learn what happened in wrestling so far, and I'm gonna tell you about it right now. Well, since Monday Night Raw is the big dog, I'm gonna introduce to you a couple of things you may be less familiar with. So I'm gonna start off with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Maybe a lot of you aren't watching that. If you're not, I can recommend it. It's a good show. It's a good, solid studio show uh, run by David Marquez, his son, Nico Marquez, and Nick Bonanno. These guys are awesome. They're doing a great job. I think Aaron Stevens, if you're familiar with him, he has a little hand in some of the uh, booking duties right now, too. So very cool uh, having that representation there from the NWA. He's uh, one half of the tag team champions and helping book championship wrestling from Hollywood. Anyway, this episode actually on December the 27th was their 500th episode. 10 years David Marquez has been doing this thing. So there's a big props of getting with Todd Kenley talking to him. It's just kind of cool to see that. So props to David Marquez. Thank you, sir, for all you've done. I'm glad to have finally discovered United Wrestling and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So 10 years, 500 episodes. It's time to celebrate. And they've got two title matches and a match for the women's division to exist all on this episode. And they're going to spread it out over two weeks. So there's more to come in a part two next week. This week, first up, the Hollywood Heritage Championship. It is Richie Slade of the team Beef Candy. And he's taking on the Golden Boy, Jordan Clearwater. Now, I'm a big fan of Jordan Clearwater. I like Richie Slade too, I'm not knocking him, but Jordan Clearwater to me just seems like he has so much potential. Haven't heard him on the mic so much, but just his look, his size, everything about him, I dig him. And uh, so I had fun with this match. Richie Slade was great. So this is a good jumping on point, but if you haven't been watching, there were a few little things that you might have missed. Uh, basically that Jordan Clearwater hasn't been able to touch Richie Slade up until this matchup. And Richie Slade also loves his face. So it's fun seeing him dance around this and get away uh, trying to dodge punches. Jordan Clearwater has a great boot called the Midas Touch. Left leg hospital, right leg cemetery. That's the catchphrase. 
He's uh, going for that. Slade's coming off the top ropes. Clearwater nails him with it. But right then, a mystery man jumps into the ring and hits Clearwater with the Heritage Championship and uh, knocks him out. And Slade ends up rolling over and getting the one, two, three. You got episode 500, brand new Hollywood Heritage Champion, Richie Slade. I could not believe this. I was actually really surprised. The man that hit Clearwater gets back in the ring, unmasks, and it's this Jack Bannon fella. I'm not super familiar with him either, but he's been in a mental institution on little segments leading up to this episode, uh, shaving his head and talking about everybody's one guillotine away from something or other. But anyway, he locks one in on Jordan Clearwater and locks it in deep and is not letting it go. Blake Troop over in the commentary position actually even has to jump up and run in there with the referees and they chase off Jack Bannon. Um, Blake Troop, a uh, uh, certified badass himself, and uh, he, James Kincaid, and Todd Kinley do a great job on commentary, but I digress. So that's how that one wrapped up. Next matchup is Dan Joseph is supposed to be taking on Levi Shapiro for the television championship, the United TV title. Sh Shapiro, obviously, uh, accompanied by Howdy Price. But somewhere in here, they also add in Jesse James, who's a cowboy, rough-and-tumble-looking character. They're the bad guys. They do the bad guy stuff. They challenge uh, Dan Joseph to a handicap match. He, of course, accepts. It, luckily, it's not like Tornado. It's uh, They have to tag in and out. But ends up that Dan Joseph fights a hell of a match, but just it's too much to overcome. He gets a lariat from Jesse James, and it's one, two, three. That allows Levi Shapiro to continue with the United Television Championship. Jesse James does beat down Dan Joseph a bit more at the end, and then Levi Shapiro has the loaded glove that he likes to wear, and he nails Dan Joseph in the face, pins him, and Howdy counts another three count on Dan Joseph, so an unfortunate night for Dan Joseph there. The final match of the evening on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is CC Chanel and Ruby Rays with Jimmy Iovine, and uh, they're taking on Heather Monroe and Halston Body. Now, if you're not familiar with these folks, they're worth watching. Heather Monroe is an amazing talent, and so is Ruby Rays. As far as women's wrestling, these, I mean, as far as wrestling in general, these two ladies are badasses. Uh, CC Chanel, she seems a little newer to me, but I do, I think her facial expressions are amazing. She carries herself with a lot of charisma. It's very cool. And Halston Body is normally Heather Monroe's manager, but he is assisting her in this matchup as a partner. And so the last couple of weeks, there's been like training vignettes of her trying to get him in shape to do this matchup. Uh, Blake Troop actually does a great job at pointing out that Body is a threat still because he's always involved in her matches, even though it's usually just on an outside the ring capacity. Now he's more official. The first part of the match was a little, was uh, it took a minute to get going. I think that there was something with Heather and Cece. I love both of them, but they, they took a minute to get going, I think. And then finally, uh, there's a moment where Halston tags in on accident. Uh, he gets in there to face off against Ruby Rays, who's very scary, and he doesn't want to mess with her. He tags right out, and it's anyway, it's that kind of mentality throughout the match, but still, overall, a very good match. It's a lot of fun. Ends up, you see some dissension between CC and Ruby anyway, because she's kind of signed up to be uh, an employee here of this faction uh, unintentionally so she's just trying to honor the contract that she's in she goes for a hit to try to nail with a foreign object tries to nail one of the other folks but ends up nailing ruby rays which sends her flying ruby rays ends up rolling out and getting the glitter from halston body which distracts her while heather monroe ends up uh, wrapping up cc chanel for the pin and gets the win 
here. So Heather Monroe and Halston Body successful. And that is Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. If you've got some time, it's available for free on Fight TV. You can go watch it there. Uh, they also have a YouTube channel. I don't think they have full episodes there, but worth your time. You might be into it. Let's move on to the next thing. This is Ring of Honor from December 28th. This show, I I absolutely love. I I would say, I would go out on a limb and say that this is perhaps my favorite wrestling show on right now. Since their restart, Ring of Honor has been so successful at doing what they're kind of trying to do here. Rebuilding the pure division, which captures some of what Ring of Honor used to be. And so that, those pure matches are just, uh, if you're you're like me and you just like solid grappling and just straightforward sports-like atmosphere, Ring of Honor's got you covered i don't think you'll be disappointed with them also every week it's like just two matches so you could go back right now if you wanted and i would say the last three or four weeks or whenever they started back up the matches that they have is like each week there's two and then they spend the rest of the time with these promo packages that just build up the context for the matches that you're going to see so even if you don't know these people ahead of time they do a fantastic job of showing you who's fighting, why they're fighting, what the history of them fighting is, that sort of thing. It's super impressive, and I can't say enough good things about Ring of Honor right now. Very, very good, and I think the other guys on the show here with me on uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, they they tend to agree on that. Ring of Honor's popular with uh, our crowd, so I think you might dig it anyway. Also free on Fight TV. This is a looser episode than normal this week. It's a um, holiday episode i guess you'd say so there's like one major match and then one match with guys from the roh dojo these are guys like the young lions in new japan pro wrestling they're new they're on their way up and so they're getting a chance to shine here in front of a larger audience and they do a great build for these young guys eric martin ken dixon versus dante caballero and joe keys All four guys get some time to shine in promo packages. You get a feel for both of their personalities sitting next to each other. It's just a solid match by the time they get into the ring. I mean, a really solid match. And when I say solid and it's the young guys in Ring of Honor, trust me when I tell you, the talent that wrestles in Ring of Honor is on another level. So they're they're really, really good. Even if these are the rookies, badasses so a great match uh dante caballero gets the pin in this one for the one two three and that's sort of how that one goes i won't waste too much of your time but if you want to just see a solid tag match it's worth a shot fight tv for free the last match on the show this has been fun it's been just a build-up uh hopefully you know from ring of honor the briscoes if you're not familiar with the briscoe brothers they are awesome jay briscoe and mark briscoe bring it every single time and they're just rough and wild and just fun to watch every single time they step in the ring well they've been separated here and they're they're both captaining a team and this is going to be a christmas surprise 10 man tag team match each man gets four partners and whoever wins gets a christmas bonus this year from ring of honor now you think ring of honor should just give their employees a, a christmas bonus but i guess not or maybe it's just an extra bonus either way Everybody seems intent on winning this matchup, and I like the little added detail on why they would care so much about winning it. So, building up throughout the show, you get to see points where Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe are opening gifts, like they're by a Christmas tree and there's Christmas presents, so they open up a box and they find out who one of their partners is, so that's kind of fun. You don't really know um, who's going to be in the match until the time of the match, so it ends up being Jay Briscoe and on his team, Flip Gordon, Brawler Brian Malonis from the Bouncers, 
John Walters, who is a legendary ROH figure, and PCO. They go up against Mark Briscoe and his team of the Beer City Bruiser, also of the Bouncers, so got two Bouncers on opposite teams and two Briscoes on opposite teams. Mile High Magnum Dak Draper is on this team, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, and the phenomenal Dalton Castle. Phenomenal's not his word, that's AJ Styles' word, I get it, but I do like Dalton Castle, I think he's cool. Probably my favorite part of this matchup for myself is that they do, instead of stats walking into the ring as they normally would, they do uh, everybody's Christmas list. They tell you what they wanted for Christmas. So it's kind of funny seeing them walk to the ring and seeing what people asked for. Uh, on the Christmas list, uh, for Jay Briscoe, Weed Eater String, a refill for his propane tank, and new socks and drawers. That's what Jay Briscoe wanted. Flip Gordon wants a Christmas bonus, world title shot, no more masks, and a typewriter. Typewriter seems out of nowhere, huh? Brian Malonis asked for beer, red wine, a date with Session Moth Martina, Ring of Honor tag title shot, milk and cookies. Fair enough. John Walters asked for the ROH Pure title. The ROH Pure title, also the ROH Pure title, the ROH Pure title, and the ROH Pure title. So five times he wrote that on his Christmas list. PCO asked for, this is fun, Optimum Power Jumper Cables, Extreme Power Car Battery, Funerary Stone, New Casket, Gallon of Gas, Matches, A Round Shovel, 60-inch Wide Black Suit Jacket with No Left Sleeve, and a brand new hearse. Very interesting, very detailed. Thank you, PCO. Mark Briscoe would like a jetpack, a 50 caliber rifle, an invisibility cloak, new underwear and socks, and a monkey. Both Briscoes, if you're still shopping out there, they're looking for new underwear and socks. And a monkey. Beer City Bruiser asked for beer, 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 cigars, more beer, and a monkey. So, glad they ended up on the same team. Maybe with the bonus, they can go in together on a monkey. Mark Briscoe and the Beer City Bruiser. Mile High Magnum Dak Draper asked for a tanning bed for his home, 16-ounce ribeye, medium rare, and a competent quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Very nice. He's thinking of other people besides himself. See that? Hot Sauce Tracy Williams asked to have honor restored to Ring of Honor, a lifetime supply of black wrist tape, and laser eyes. And if you had any confusion about what laser eyes means, he specifies here, surgery to make my eyes shoot lasers. There you go. Dalton Castle asked for a small shelf for organizing my rare and expensive elixirs. A new Davenport, a handsome pair of boots good for dancing. Nice, thanks Dalton. That's pretty much it, the match is what it is. It's, it's a lot of fun, it's actually a blast to watch if you get a chance, it's just fun seeing the characters interact and they're having a good time, you can totally tell that as well. PCO ends up getting the win with a moonsault and so that means Shea Briscoe's team gets the Christmas bonus and that's pretty much how Ring of Honor goes. All right, now we're into Monday Night Raw. And, uh, well, hopefully, um, you know, if you've heard the news, it was nice to see WWE pay some respects. Uh, opening intro card there for John Huber, a.k.a. Luke Harper in his time in WWE. They do show a, a, an RIP for him. It was a bit troubling for some who expected more. Uh, some people were hoping for, like, a, a video package or Tin Bell salute, that sort of thing for John. And uh, I totally get that. I'm, I'm empathetic to that thought happening. 
I, I don't know that personally I felt that there was anything more that was going to happen. I was happy to see the, the WWE at least acknowledge it. There may be more to come, so we'll stay tuned. I know they're doing some network stuff, I think, or they've done some like little mini docs. But some were saying WWE was in a lose-lose situation. Some folks were saying that if WWE didn't do anything, then they would be accused of being unsympathetic to the family. And if they did do something, they would be accused of capitalizing on it. So I, I don't know that people are going to be that heartless. And I don't know. It seems like everything's got to be political in these kind of situations. And I wish that that wasn't the case because a man has lost his life. He leaves behind a family. You would hope that everybody could just take a moment to show their respects for it and that would be that like i said i i'm not hating on wwe for what they have done so far and i'm not hating on people that think they should have done more i mean that's real discussion that could be had and uh i i am teachable on on what people would have expected to have happen all right so drew mcintyre opens the show and his very first line as he comes out he says it's monday night you know what time it is and that is a John Huber line that is Brody Lee every day on Twitter would say that um, obviously a tribute there's more of that there's people that do the spinning clothesline thing that Brody Lee would do and uh, that sort of thing so very cool that throughout the night there's little tributes here and there armbands that sort of thing Drew goes into basic stuff he's talking about Legends Night that's coming up next week and defending against Sheamus or Keith Lee whoever wins the match tonight and becomes the number one contender uh, as soon as he says that of course Sheamus's music hits he walks out Drew says yep say his name he appears it's very funny Seamus gets in the ring and says I'm sorry for interrupting you Drew is very casually like no you're not I've been doing this a long time every time I walk to the ring and I start talking somebody interrupts me but I know why you're here Drew McIntyre has had a hell of a year Drew McIntyre I can't wait to see in front of a crowd because I think that he is one of the best parts about WWE television if not the best part he and Roman Reigns are carrying this company right now and that's no knock on anybody else it's just you know I everybody's a servant to how they're booked and that sort of thing but these two guys really bring it every single time and drew seems like a statesman and a flagship dude for that locker room he looks like he takes this job very seriously and wants to be the top guy and i love that about him anyway so they talk about last week when Sheamus kicked Keith Lee with the bro kick. Drew says, you know, you screwed me there. You said you wouldn't touch him, blah, blah, blah. And Sheamus says, no, I kept my word. I said I wouldn't touch him during the match, and I didn't. I waited until we won, and then after the match, I kicked him. Sorry, you know me, but that's how it works. And they talk about knowing each other. They talk about their friendship and history coming up together 15 years, that sort of thing. Keith Lee walks out. So Keith Lee is out, and he says that this seems like you're congratulating your buddy too much, blah, blah, blah. Drew denies this. It gets a little jumbled and awkward here. I kind of lost track of everything that was going on. But basically, essentially, Drew just finally says, you know what? Let's stop arguing. Go ahead and let's do this match. Get a ref out here. And, of course, a ref runs out there. And I said I would bring this up every time, and I still will bring this up every time. What were they going to do before? It sounds like this match wasn't scheduled for now. So was another match scheduled, and it got pushed just curious so here we go we got the match it's Keith Lee versus Sheamus one-on-one -on -one for a shot next week at the world's heavyweight championship and Drew says you know what doesn't matter who wins this match though whoever it is next week it will still be and still world champion Drew McIntyre all right so we jump in Sheamus and Keith Lee taking on each other Drew is on commentary this match is okay it, neither man is like showing out here or anything. It's just kind of is what it is. And Keith Lee ends up getting the win. 
I, I wish I could tell you like some more uh, exciting story about it, but it's really not. Uh, Keith Lee just kind of goes over, and he's going to be facing off against Drew. He gets outside the ring. They do the standard face-off. Everything you expect to see between the two. I, actually, something feels like it's missing with Keith Lee, if I'm just being honest. I don't, I, I don't know. He's been so great, and right now, I, I just don't know if he's disappointed with the way things are going or if something else could be going on. I, I hate dragging people, but I just feel like Keith Lee's not even like trying as hard as normal. Maybe he's saving it. Maybe he's saving it for the championship match next week, so I hope so. Elias is in the back. He's with Jackson Riker. He's playing guitar. There's a knock on the door. Elias tells Jackson to just ignore it. I guess this is a good point right now to let you guys know if you aren't familiar with the fast count before now i do everything off the hulu version of raw because i feel like they put everything they really really care about there and so we may be skipping some stuff you might miss in the normal raw stuff but it's nothing i think that stands out and is absolutely necessary so we're trying to speed this up for you guys so anyway elias tells jackson to ignore the door he does the Miz is with John Morrison, and they're getting ready to go out, and he is taking on Grand Metalik. The Miz is, by the way. Pretty decent match. Grand Metalik is a very good wrestler. I think he is, at least. I, I like him. He ends up getting the roll-up win here. It's very surprising. He beats The Miz. One, two, three. Right in the middle of the ring, and The Miz is distraught. He just, like, basically rolls Miz up and, and gets the count. I wish that I could say I thought this was, like, some sort of push for Grand Metalik, but I don't. I think that this was uh, to further the Mrs. storyline more so than further Grand Metal League, but I hope I'm wrong because I think Grand Metal League deserves uh, some more props. So we go back to the back again. Elias is with uh, Jackson Riker, constant knocking on the door. Elias f gets fed up. He tells Jackson to go answer the door, and it's AJ and Olmus. And AJ is just fuming about the music, basically. He just says he's playing too loud, and he thinks he's Johnny Cash, and he's like, more like Johnny Trash. I don't know. It's it kind of funny, I guess. Elias just tells AJ he's pissy because he couldn't get the job done last week and win the world championship. So AJ says, you want to fight? Well, we'll fight and blah, blah, blah. Now we've got a heel versus heel battle, it looks like. They go to some recap to remind you of what's already happened between Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss. And they come back to Alexa's playground. She is in the middle of the ring, swinging on the swing set. And uh, she's asking, when will The Fiend show up? Blah, blah, blah. Maybe he'll be back for Legends Night. He'd love to meet his idol, Hulk Hogan. He said his prayers and ate his vitamins, but I don't even want to know who or what he prays to. And then she says, or maybe he's just waiting on Randy Orton. Randy, come on down. The music hits, but Randy doesn't come out. Alexa says, I wonder if I did something wrong. Maybe he doesn't want to play anymore, but that can't be it. And she calls him out again. Still nothing. She says, oh, you light someone on fire one time and it goes to their head. Well, all of a sudden the Firefly Funhouse jingle plays and we're in the Firefly Funhouse and in through the door walks Randy Orton. He says he wanted to take advantage of a moment where he knew nobody would be around and he literally boots Husky, the, the pig puppet, and just starts throwing around all the puppets, essentially. Alexa begs him to stop. Orton says he's making sure if Fiend comes back, he has nothing to come back to. And he takes, like, Ramblin' Rabbit and rips his head off. That sort of thing. That's what you get there. Alexa gets flustered and challenges him to a match tonight in the ring. And Orton says, oh, so this is where he comes back. Well, I accept. We're getting some recap stuff of how Nia Jax injured Charlotte. And that was supposedly why she was out for six months. And then we go to a Charlotte interview. She, basically, she just says she's ready. Absolutely. Is Nia to be feared? Absolutely. Absolutely. But 
if there's one person that Charlotte can count on, it's herself. And then Asuka pops in. She's got New Year's Eve stuff all over. She says, tonight, Nia is not ready for Charlotte Flair. And she blows the kazoo. Literally, that's what happens. AJ Styles with Olmos takes on Elias with Jackson Riker next. And uh, a very long match. Surprisingly long match. I think it was like 15 minutes long. But AJ ends up winning with the phenomenal forearm. That's what I can tell you about that. Nia Jax and Shayna are in the back. And Shayna's trying to pump up Nia. Nia's talking about all the stuff she's going to do. And she says she's also entering the Women's Royal Rumble no matter what. And she's going to throw out every single person in there and go on to win the World Championship, the Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And she walks away. Shayna stops for, thinks for a moment. She leans into the microphone and says, you know... I kind of like that idea. I think she means she likes the idea that Nia has of winning the Royal Rumble and winning the championship, not the idea of Nia winning it, but you know, we'll see. Next up, Hurt Business versus New Day and the Hardy Bros. Keep in mind when I say the Hardy Bros, I'm not talking about the Hardy Boys, I'm talking about the Hardy Bros. It's uh, Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. So as they're walking out, the Hurt Business MVP and everyone announced that Bobby Lashley has something to say and Lashley says that he is officially entering the Royal Rumble, and so that means he'll be going to WrestleMania, and that's pretty much that. It was a, treated like a big announcement, but I mean, you'd assume Lashley would enter the Rumble, right? I don't know. Anyway, here they go. I love the Hurt Business anyway, and they're still booking Lashley very strong as this match ends when he taps out Hardy with the Hurt Lock. And Lashley continues pounding on Hardy, but Riddle jumps in and drop kicks him to make the save. Everybody rolls out of the ring. Lashley looks pissed. Again, still probably building up to the next pay-per-view, possibly having a Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley match. Or that's got to be coming up for the U.S. title. Morrison and Miz are sitting on the steps, and Adam Pearce shows up. And... They're like, oh, you're here to rub something in their face? And Adam Pierce has the Money in the Bank briefcase. He's like, well, I'd love to throw this at your face. But everything's been gone over, and on a technicality, since John Morrison cashed in the Money in the Bank for you, that was not a technical cash-in, and so you get the Money in the Bank briefcase back. So he gives it back to Miz, he leaves, and then Miz and John Morrison do a dance number because they're so happy he has it back. And I just want to go on record as saying, I think this is terrible. I don't like this idea. I was, I'm tired of the Money of the Bank briefcase. I think it's already overused and has been just, all value has been diminished in it. But there you go, Miz has it back and they're dancing and they're happy and that sort of thing. Like as if Miz didn't wrestle the whole match. But let me just say, you know, Miz entered the match between Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. I mean, Miz, even if Morrison cashed in, Miz fought in the match. So how does this not, how did that not count? It's not as though if he'd have won, he wouldn't have taken it. It's just stupid. The whole idea is dumb. It doesn't matter. It's not as though he didn't want Morrison to cash it in, and then he did anyway. So after a break, we're back out. Bliss is walking out to the ring. She is waiting on Randy Orton, and Orton comes out. He sits in the corner, and he tells Bliss, where is he? Bliss says, this isn't about him. It's about me. And she rolls out of the ring, and she grabs a Christmas present. And she comes back in with the present. She unwraps it, opens the box, and it's a gas can and matches. She walks it over and puts it in front of Randy and she challenges him to do to her what he did to him. Uh, talking about what Orton did to the fiend. And then she just lays down in the middle of the ring. Orton does nothing. Then she gets up. She goes over and she pours gas in a circle in the ring and a line to Randy Orton. 
and then she lays back down. Still nothing. So she gets up, she pours more gas in the ring, and then calls him a bitch, and then douses herself in the gasoline. I know this sounds crazy, but this is literally what's happening. But so, anyway, Randy Orton's looking at her, and she's yelling at him, and he's like, you think I won't do it? You think I won't light you on fire just like I did him? And then the lights start going out, right? Like, just little by little. And Randy starts smiling, and he's waiting. He's like, I'll do it. Maybe, maybe I'll do you a favor, and let you go see him. I'll just set you on fire right now. And the lights go all the way out. And then we get the scratch, uh, the, the matchstick lights up. And it's Randy Orton holding the match in front of his face. And it's burning. And he's smiling. And the show goes off right there. Seriously, it just goes off. That's the end. That's the end of that show. And <laughs> we're left to wonder if Randy Orton set Alexa Bliss on fire in the middle of the ring. I'm going to assume that since we haven't heard anything from a police report or the family of Alexa Bliss or something like that, that Alexa Alexa Bliss is alive and well and did not get set on fire. But I guess we'll have to wait till next Monday to find out if Alexa Bliss is unburnt. And that's it. Thanks guys so much for listening. That is the Fast Count. That is Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Ring of Honor, and Monday Night Raw. I hope you guys dig it. If you do, let me know if you want me to keep doing it. If it's worthless, then tell me that too, because I can just stop doing it, because it takes a little time to edit this together. But that's it. I'll talk to you soon. It's at This Is Gary Horn at TIPW Show. Let us know what you think. Seriously, we value your opinions. And we want to create the best wrestling community out there. And we want you to be a part of that. So come hang out, follow us, join our Discord, all of those things. Hit up the YouTube, hit subscribe, all that stuff. If you have any questions about it, hit me up and I'll be happy to talk to you about all of it and tell you how you can hang out with all of us. Again, thank you so much. Until tomorrow, enjoy your gravy cake. <laughs>